quite loud. Hello, old. It's all quite loud in my ear holes, old son. Yeah, no, but I'm not clipping on the garage band. Right, so let's get on with it then, shall we? Hello, all. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sustainable. We are your friendly little weekly environmental podcast, aren't we, all? Yes. Yes, all about people and the planet and the effluvia that we produce and what is done with it, yes? And what are we going to be talking about this week, Alt? Effluvia? Did you just say effluvia? I effluvia did. That's a wonderful word. No idea what it means, but I can guess. This week, Dave, we're going to be talking about your rash. My rash? I don't have a rash. I don't have a rash. Not one you know about, anyway. (laughs) Well, exactly. We're not going to be talking about your rash. Well, we're going to be talking about your rash that presumably you had about 60 or 70 years ago when you were a baby. We're going to be talking about nappy rash, or specifically nappies. Look, there is a huge old environmental toll to nappies, uh, and this is one of the few environmental sins of which Dave cannot be accused. I, on the other hand very much can uh now the the only reason we're talking about it now is my life is nappies but also uh baby on number two is coming up for uh his first birthday so we thought let's talk about nappies so there you go we're going to talk about that are they are they good are they bad can you do it without ruining the planet that sort of thing we're also going to be talking about someone else who's been a bit rash that huh. there Michael Moore, he of the uh, the documentary making uh, Supremo, made all sorts of cool films. He's gonna made a film in which he basically says people like me and Dave are inhoffs. Um, so we're we're gonna defend ourselves. Well, or are we? Or are we? Or yes. are we? Or are we? And finally, Dave, tell me what is your favourite char grilled outdoorsy summer food stuff of choice. Uh, Tories. <laughs> Pigs, I suppose, in a sense. I don't uh, believe that. That's not my nuts. view. Not my view uh, either. Um, or is uh, it? No, it isn't. Or is it? <laughs> Maybe it is. Don't know if it is. <laughs> so, so not what we're getting at here is a not nice, lovely, streaky rash of bacon uh. then. <laughs> maybe one day when the Queen dies and I'm allowed to eat meat again, I'll maybe one day I shall have a bacon sandwich. But no, until then, why do you ask, Albin? Oh, because we're going to be talking about barbecues and some wonderful, spectacular barbecue-related babble. Uh, we will come on to that. Very good, Ol. An unpleasant or harmful odour or discharge. Me? No, effluvia. An effluvium, oh. that's what it is, an unpleasant or harmful odour or discharge. So, if anything that we say strikes you as a bit effluvial and you don't like it, uh, we do work for environmental charities, or all does, but these I are do. very much his own poos, I mean views. So, if you've got any poos, I mean views, on Ol's poos, I mean views, take them up with Ol directly and not with anyone for whom he works, yes? Things that make you go... Now, this is a section all about things that make you go, oh, God. Although this week, we're taking a slightly more literal approach because it is about shitting. (laughs) Not necessarily about Jesus shitting, although he must have shat. 
Well, they all wore nappies, didn't they, back in those days? Pretty much what they wore in big cloth nappies walking around. <laughs> I um, don't know. The, uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're talking about nappies. Now, we should, we should probably confess at the outset here that a nappy company wrote to us and said something about their wonderful nappies and did we want to talk about it? And we said, sure, tell us more. And they didn't reply. Uh, but it did get us thinking about nappies in general because it is a bit of a sort of taboo area in terms of... Uh, like the environmental impact of parenting. And as such, we spectacularly failed to talk about it when we had a whole episode about babies. Yeah, episode 65 it was, when you were exposed as a massive in-hoff for having a child, for bringing onto this earth a terrifying environmental organism that poos its way to Armageddon. But we didn't talk about the poo. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and one of the delightful things about that episode was just how little Dave knew about parenting and babies, which is fair enough, because why would you? Um, yes. But at, well, to, but be, to be fair, such, at, at that point, you didn't know much about it either. I didn't know anything either. <laughs> and arguably, I know very little more now. Um, but as such, you completely failed to ask me about nappies, which is good because I didn't have a good answer. But now is your chance, Dave. Yes. Now is yes. your opportunity to grill me about the inhoffery uh, that I've been pursuing via the feces and urine of my offspring for the last three and a half years. Oh, this is disgusting. It's all over and it's, it's, it's sticky and we're going to need some kind of cleaning fluid to get it off. How about after shave? Oh, come on, Michael. Just get me one of the diapers. <laughs> Could we get the etymology out of the way first, Ul? Please. Well, we do have, Babbel does have a sizeable chunk of listeners who are not in the UK. And they may be wondering what the hell this episode is all about. Because they do not necessarily use or even recognise the term nappy to mean a thing that you shove up your baby's ass. Um, instead, they are probably more uh, familiar point, with the word. Point of order. Yes? Point of order. You don't shove nappies up your baby's ass. Can we come to the that's, technicalities later? I've got all sorts of... That's, that's very important. I, th- I, th- I think there's an important thing to make clear at the outset here, right? I have absolutely no idea about any of this. Fair enough. It's fair enough. Anyway, look, we'll come to that. But I just wanted to say, Americans call them diapers. And I did that thing. I fell into that trap. You know, oh, I always do this. I'm sorry, Americans. I do always do this. I hear a word which is different to the British word. And I assume it's a ghastly, horrible Americanism coming over here mangling our tongue, right? But of course it isn't all. The word, the word diaper far predates the word nappy. The word nappy is just only been around for about 100 years or so, something like that, short for napkin, whereas the word diaper dates all all the way back to the 15th century. I did not know that. Good, okay. Well, that's good. That's a nice bit of learning. Now, should we do some more learning? Should we do a little bit? Because really what we're talking about here is... Not so much just nappies themselves, but disposable nappies about these, you know, the things what you wrap around, not up, uh, one's child's arse and or then throw out. Or, as... one's, or one's adult friends, if one is into that sort of thing. Sure. There are, there are sure. places you can go, apparently. I believe you. And I hope that VPN and your use of the darknet is still going <laughs> as well for you as it always has. Uh, but let's let's stick to the traditional use of nappies uh, to prevent 
children soiling their clothes and indeed everything around them. Uh, and specifically the disposable form. So in the past, right, there weren't disposable nappies. And that meant that people, and when I say people, I of course mean mothers and women in general, had to spend an inordinate amount of their time uh, both peeling the faeces-soaked cloths off bottoms of children, but also washing them, uh, drying them, making them all soft and all the rest of it. And that was basically a huge part of uh, bringing up children for women because obviously men couldn't be bollocks to do that. They had important things to do like write poems and stroke their chins. Uh, so that was a shit situation, and um, there were various literally. attempts to to uh, yeah, yes, yeah, quite literally, uh, various attempts to um, create a an alternative. But really, the person who seems to be credited with um, sort of kicking off the whole disposable nappy thing is a Scottish housewife called Valerie Hunter Gordon. Housewife, so she, incidentally, is uh, Wikipedia's term, not mine. So is she um, in Hoff in chief? Is she the the grandmother of all of this in Hoffery? Is she I think the so, one? Yeah. yeah, right. Get yeah, in the yeah. off corner, Valerie Hunter Gordon, and be smacked yeah. on your smacked on your padded bottom. L- liberating the time and energy uh, and nose or nostrils of millions, billions of women um, in the West uh, for 50, 60 years. Yeah, you absolute bastard. Um, yeah, so she started inventing a sort of precursor to the modern disposable nappy and she made a whole bunch of them uh, on her kitchen table, uh, 400, I think, uh, in 1948, just using a sewing machine. Um, and apparently bits of old parachute were in there. So quite resourceful. I suppose in 1948, lots of old parachute was around, what with the war and everything. Yes. Oh, so that's, oh, that's a oh, bit of history oh, for you, oh, all right? Oh, 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 when she, when she, oh, yes. Oh, when oh, she'd God. finished, when she'd finished making yeah, her. I'm just turning you off. I'm just turning you off. So I don't actually when she'd have to finished making, I'll react when, as if you said something funny, but I'm just turning you off. When, when she, oh, oh, yes. When she'd made all of her um, trial nappies out of parachutes and she took them to the big companies to sell and they didn't want them. Do you think they let her down gently? Let's get on to the reason that nappies are a problem. Nappies are a problem for the fairly obvious reason that you get through loads of them and chuck them out and they're made of horrible things and then contain horrible things. But but primarily they're a problem because they're full of plastic, which doesn't break down. And I, let me tell you, you get through a shitload of them. I found the research for this incredibly arduous, right? Because <laughs> the first question, I'd seen a statistic which said six and a half thousand nappies, apparently, was the statistic what I saw, what a baby will get through or a young child will get through. So that totality, six and a half thousand. And those numbers, those numbers seem to go up and down depending on estimates. But yeah, 4,000 to 6,000, I think, is what the government had estimated. Six and a half thousand is what one one's figure I saw. And I, I genuinely, I, I thought, oh, that seems a lot. And then this is how little I knew about this stuff. I did some maths and I thought, well, let's assume babies wear nappies for like, what, a couple of years, right? Which I didn't know. Uh, and, and, you know, we can talk about that. That that means they get through like you know, a couple of thousand of them a year. And I was really surprised by that because I didn't realise they they wear more than one a day. Do they wear more than one a day? <laughs> I mean, I genuinely thought they get up in the morning and you put a nappy on them and at some point you have to change that and that would be about once a day because I do one poo a day um, any time now. <laughs> and as, as <laughs> is 
obvious when you think about it. 40-something-year-old men are identical in every way to newborn infants. Well, I, I just hadn't thought about it. Like, I, I didn't... <laughs> I suppose I could... How many times... All right, okay, go on then. Go on, you know what? Talk no, no, me I'm, through I, it. Talk I, me I, through I the be, whole... I want to be extremely generous to you in this. I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those irritating parents who, who, just because they've been forced to find out about this horrible world, uh, you know, through having kids, assumes that everybody else should know about it and if they don't, they're a bit silly. However... I'm not going to let you get away with assuming that a child only needs one nappy a day. I definitely didn't assume that before I had children. And you... <laughs> come on, man. Who wants a babies? Hey, this is just a shaved puppy. I can see you know babies. Yeah, horrible business, really, Alt. Now, look. Now, look, Alt. I'm I have looking. questions. I have questions. Oh, I tell you what, if you want to look, look at this. You haven't. What the hell is that? I, I brought a prop. But I don't want to squeeze it too hard because it will burst. Um, uh, this, is, this is foul, what we affect- foul. affectionately call in our house a steamed bun. Uh, so that is a nappy that uh, was worn overnight and therefore got really quite full of piss. Um, oh, God. Very weighty. Very weighty. Um, quite a, a, it is a remarkable feat of engineering when you think about it. That's like a bladder full of urine in a thing that isn't bursting, but also isn't a plastic bag. Very clever. What? Why have you just got it lying around? Doesn't it smell awful? I don't know. I've, I just can't smell it anymore. Living live the dream. On the plus side, you have got a lovely new haircut. Is that, to, <laughs> is that because you... Is that because after a while you just decided it was quicker to chop the poo off your hair rather than... <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a t- apparently a ton. It's a ton of nappies, is what like a that six and a half thousand equates to a ton, as much as a car in weight of of nappies. And that's by the way before it's got a fluvia in it. That's how much waste you generate per baby. You got two of them. That's two cars, two cars worth of nappy. You call yourself an environmentalist, but you are responsible for all of that. And I accuse you, and we'll come to this in another section of being a hypocritical green inhoff. Fair enough. Good. Well, that's all we've got time for in this episode. <laughs> Sustainable. Well, no, okay, but but doesn't it bother you that? It does bother you, me. Well, first, okay, firstly, how many do you use? We are assuming, you know, you talk about these as if that's what you use. You use disposable nappies, yes? We use both. We use a mixture. So right. um, before baby on number one was born, um, I remember going to a, a meetup, a local meetup of organised by, by some local kind of reusable nappy delivery company, uh, which was all very good. And... We started thinking about that. I was like, yeah, great, we'll get onto that. And then it just comes at you fast. Um, the whole, well, the poo, literally, but but also like everything you have to deal with when there's a new human to keep alive. And hands up, I have an extremely comfortable middle-class existence. Like there is no kind of woe is me element here. But... Listen to, <laughs> listen to every other episode of Sustainable for the woe is me element. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we live in a relatively small flat and in the winter, and we don't have a tumble dryer, uh, 
So in oh, the winter, trying to uh, like deal with an awful lot of poo and wee stained reusable nappies uh, and as well as poo and wee stained clothes and all the other stuff is just a lot of work and cannot really be doing with it a lot of the time. In the summer, we use them a lot more because we're lucky you've got a garden. You can go and hang them up, wash them, hang them up. Um, and also the, the children or the nappies. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can really bleach the children by just putting them on the line for a bit. Um, so that's fine. But yeah, it's 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 a hassle. There are lots of um, annoying, worthy green types who will tell you earnestly that it's really no more work at all. They're lying. It is. Um, and they've probably also got nice big houses and a nanny. Um, and it is like, it's definitely a social justice issue, this. Because I, t- I tell you what you need to do uh to do reusable nappies properly you what? need money because yeah. if you're gonna you need to buy loads of them at the outset to make it sustainable and, and people reckon it's about two to three hundred quids worth of to get like 20 good reusable nappies to to get going with you, you need about 200 quids worth you need money you need time because it takes ages to do all the washing and the drying and you need like space you need ideally a garden or at least a nice big house to dry them up in so Good luck with that. Just, I, every new, every shit amazes me. I'm never used to it. Everyone, I'm like, okay, wow, that is, what is that? You have been eating. But you must get, like, you must worry about that a bit. I'm not saying, yeah. I'm just, you know, because just because you're the sign, you, you, you beat yourself up about all sorts of stuff. So you must beat yourself up about this. Yeah, I, I do, but. I do. And I, it's, I, it's, it's, I, I, I'm being absolutely clear. I'm not being like, I'm not being captain like, oh, well, you know, bloody, you chose to have kids, you're destroying the planet, you should give me some carbon offset credits or something. Like, that's not what I'm doing here. I just, like, I'm interested in the extent to which this gnaws away at you. Yeah, it does. It's one of the many things. And, and like, a Babble, a Babble listener um, uh, kindly tweeted in after the last episode about if I love animals so much, how come I still eat? dairy which is again a fair point um and the, i re- i responded by sort of talking about cognitive dissonance and it you know yeah it just is there i to you know to be honest like there is so much particularly with two of the little darlings around uh there is so much to be thinking about all the time that i don't really have that much headspace to be sort of experiencing existential angst about nappies however Every time I trudge outside at six in the morning with a fistful of steamed buns to put them in the um, the black nappy bin, and then I see the black nappy, sorry, not the black nappy bin, the black wheelie bin, but I see it full of basically nothing but nappies. I do think, my God, we we use a lot of nappies, and it's I know what happens to them; they get burnt. Like all of our black bin waste in this borough gets incinerated, so it doesn't go to landfill; it goes literally into the lungs of everybody in the borough. <laughs> Bloody hellfire. I'm genuinely surprised it burns. Um. <laughs> well, at least you don't flush it down the toilet hole. Here's a thing I learned in the process of researching this episode. that You know, every now and then, I do try to be charitable towards humanity. And again, we're going to come to this in a later section, right? I do try to think we're all trying to do our bit. And I, I get that having two screaming infants around the place is, like, you know, a bit of a stress. And that sometimes you sometimes you have to stop watching telly for a bit and do things you don't want to do. I get that. Sometimes, sometimes you momentarily have to break off from podcasting 
yeah. um, and in- indulging your... <laughs> Exactly. I, I get that. I get that. I get it. I get it. But then you see little things, little vignettes of, of how some things happen that make you think, oh, we're buggered. We really are buggered. Like the Fatberg. Now, we've talked about the Fatberg before. Can't remember when. Mm. The Fatberg being the congealed mass of, like, cooking fat and used sanitary products and the stuff that comes out your bum and nappies that congeals in sewers and which actually in itself is now becoming a form of energy because there's so much of it. But people flush disposable nappies, once they're done with them, down the carsey. Oh. And, you know, when you just do that thing, you think, why? <laughs> like, why? The, why? Only re- the, why? Only reason, the only reason I can think to do that is you don't want it in your house at all, even temporarily. And you've got nowhere to put it so you're just like i'm getting rid of that it's going away i'm putting it into that magic hole in the room where all of the bad stuff yeah. goes the same place i put the goldfish and i'm going to flush that and it's going to go away you've never you've never felt compelled to flush a nappy down the car have you i never have i know it, like you it is one of those things that i find bewildering it's not like I'm having to resist the temptation because I'm a good, earnest environmentalist it, that I've never been tempted to do it. I mean, I suppose, so we live on a ground floor flat, which means I can pop out the front door to <laughs> chuck, chuck, stuff chuck them the, out the window. Yeah. Chuck, it, <laughs> chuck it onto passing cars <laughs> and cyclists. I tell you what, if you get it right, if you hit it, if you because I've got quite a good arm as well, so I can get a good whip on the throw. If you get it nice and flat and straight into the spokes of a passing road bike, that makes one hell of a show, um, not not least for the cyclist. Um, but when I'm not doing that, no, I can pop out of the front door and put the nappy in the in the wheelie bin straight away, and then that's at least not in my house. So I can see how if you're up high in a tower block um, and you don't for some reason have access to the main bin chute. Uh, I don't know why I'm trying to justify this. It's not justifiable. Don't put nappies down the loo. Put them in a bin, like. Put them in a bin. Bins have lids. It's fine. I don't get it. I don't get it. Hello, I'm Chris Packham, and you're listening to Sustain a Babble. Now, look, not ignoring the fact that I'm clearly an inhoff for using nappies. Um, yes. Uh, I, I do want to try and save my eco reputation by saying we don't use wet wipes. We did for baby oil number one, but we've we've moved to these things called cheeky wipes. I think that's a brand name, so we're probably advertising them. But sod it. Um, but they're basically flannels, but they're really good. And this is one of those rare those rare occasions where the eco alternative, so a flannel that you use to wipe up poo and wee from from the bum so not the nappy but you take the nappy off there's poo all over the bum as well as the nappy god you look confused but this is what happens you wipe the bum to make sure the bum's nice and clean before putting on another nappy now most people ourselves included like when you repair a puncture on a bike you need to make sure that you've got all the bits of grit out of the inside of the wheel before you put a new tube in it's exactly like that. Exactly like that. Good, ha- good. It hadn't occurred to me to, to conduct this entire episode through the metaphor of changing a puncture, but that, of right. course, makes a lot more sense to you. Um, yes. Uh, so it's like that. And uh, most people, and, and us included, for the first of our kids anyway, use wet wipes to do that. But compared to these like flannelly things that you, you, you wash, wet wipes are rubbish. They just sort of smish and smirch the poo around on the bum whereas a flannel 
like soaks it up, gets rid of it. So we haven't used, and I expect an incredibly good Righteous Twee soundtrack to be underpinning this. We oh, yeah. haven't used any wet wipes for Baby Number 2, and it's a long time since we used one, used any for Baby Number 1. So stick that in your Kumbaya pipe. that's an interesting thing oh what you've done there is uh firstly led us on nicely to talking about other ways of doing your poo dispense um but also you've called a thing an eco alternative which is basically just the way we used to do it in the old days exactly. which like what you've exactly. done is in- invented the flannel which i think is <laughs> well, well, do- well done and everything but i'm not sure how much credit you should get for that um but um, well, this company in particular have invented the flannel, given it some lovely sort of pastel shades branding and made it a lot more expensive. Yes, um, but it's basically a flannel. And most of the, th- there are, of course, there are, of course, people who care about the planet can, of course, find lots of ways that they can lower their environmental impact. Oh, they probably do need to care a little bit more than you, but that's fine. If, assuming that they do, <laughs> according to the internet, there are things you can do, right? But all of these things, as far as I can see, are just like the way that your great grandma would have done it, pretty much. And as you said, let's be clear, probably needs some combination of, uh, time and money and uh, not having a trillion other things going on, right? But yes. uh, Baby Spice, oh, Baby Spice, Baby Spice, Emma Bunton, is just one, I'm not going to name her company, but she has set up just one of the very... I, I thought you were about to describe, I, I was about to say, like, you know she's not a real baby, right? But maybe that's where the idea came to her, because she's made a a sustainable, quote-unquote, nappy company, which sells a combination of disposable nappies like what you use, but ones that apparently are, at least they are better in some ways. They've got less nasty shit in them, and more, you know, I don't know, more other good stuff in it and also reusable ones which you can like basically you know i I do love it you look at some of the marketing for this stuff and they describe these things just like you did with your flaming flannel wipe a minute ago they describe them as being this incredibly innovative product you know with all these poppers and all of these incredible things they're basically just like a cloth essentially that you wrap around your baby's ass when it poos into it you bung it in the wash you wash it out bish bash bosh job done right like your great grandma would have done Um, and there's loads and loads of companies that could do that we got contacted originally by a company we should thank them called Bambino Mio, who were the first one to write to us, who gave us the idea, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There are loads of companies. I think they make their nappies out of bamboo fibres or something. Right. And Um, there's loads and loads of things like that. Um, It is not, certainly not my job, probably not Ol's job, to rank and rate the best reusable nappies. In fact, it isn't Ol's (laughs) job because he would much rather set fire to them and pump the resulting gases straight into my lungs. but do some work for yourself. There's loads out there, right? Also, there are other, there are schemes. There are things you can do whereby you, uh, I, I totally accept that if a baby's going to poo 95 times a day and each one of those is a separate bit of cloth, you're going to very quickly run out of space in your small pedotea in Waltham Forest, right? I understand that. <laughs> but what you can do, apparently, is do services, subscription services, things like that, where people will turn up every day and they will take away your big, bin of discarded poo rag and they will give you some clean ones and then they will go off and professionally clean that and give you some new ones um again there's loads of companies that can do that probably costs a bit of money uh, which you would probably have to have 
Yeah, not as many as you think as well, because we looked into that and then when we tried to sign up, they were like, oh yeah, actually we don't do that in your area. That was three years ago, so maybe it's changed, but yeah, not as many as you'd hope. (laughs) Are you local? Uh, No. (laughs) So I guess the last question for you is, do you think that the government should be doing more to ban the likes of you from creating this problem in the first place if we're banning like forks single-use forks and knives out of plastic and you know coffee cups and all of these things should we also not be banning these horrible apparently three percent of all of the uk's waste is nappies apparently that's a lot although like uh, that doesn't actually surprise me and if you if you look in our yeah look in our black bin like i'd say about 50 percent, maybe more probably more of our waste is nappies because we're we are quite good at all the recycling stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's, as ever, I would much prefer this problem to be chucked at uh, companies and the government to sort out rather than uh, individuals to, 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 to <laughs> desperately try and make the right choice. But even like, it's it's a classic, it's an absolute classic at the moment because the, the nappies that we do use, the, the disposable ones, are a brand which markets itself as very green and hardly any plastic in it blah 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 they're five times the price of the cheapest ones you can buy five times and this is an essential item for parents right like to be vaguely serious for a moment you have to buy nappies if you don't you are neglecting your child um and if if you've not got much money then what are you going to choose the one that costs not very many pence per nappy or the one that costs five times that right which it's, is the, it's which is the case across all sorts of stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what the government should be doing? What making it like putting yeah, a tax on the nasty well, ones should... and making it and subsidising the green ones or what? Yeah, and and you know create. There should. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yerp, if it had its way, would create some sort of standard that says you weren't allowed to have more than X percent non biodegradable crap in your in your crap sack. Um, they should do that. They should. Um, massively, massively um, support the sorts of systems you were banging on about of like, you know, companies that will come and collect your reusable nappies and take them away and bring you some new ones, all of that sort of stuff. Um, Like it shouldn't be left to people who are existing on three hours sleep and um, caramel crunch to do all of the thinking about how to not kill the planet because of uh, the way their babies poo. Sustainable of the week. Ah, right. Well, this is Sustainable of the Week. This is the meat and drink of the podcast. This is why we started. It's when big companies talk absolute nonsense um, in a bid to sound like they're not destroying the planet. We're not going to overdo it this week. Uh, It's it's very short, but it's wonderful. Um, The... (laughs) There's a guy on Twitter who some of you might follow, a chap called Miles King, who's usually angry, um, uh, at least on Twitter, as far as I can tell. Don't know him. I'm sure he's lovely in person. But anyway, he sent he sent a tweet to Tesco, which said, Hello, Tesco. You may have seen some news items about disposable barbecues causing large fires, causing environmental damage in the last week or two. What information do you provide to buyers about the dangers of using your products outside of the home? Thanks. 
pretty reasonable question. Yeah. Um, and I think what he's talking about there is, you know, there have been large fires. Uh, some of the moorland fires have been started by barbecues and... Um, I mean, well, we've start, all seen it. Started by cretins is what they've been started. Yes, yeah, sorry, started by barbecues using barbecue. Yes, but the point is, you know, it's very easy to just go and buy a cheap barbecue, uh, use it outdoors, leave it there, and then whoops a daisy, you've burnt Manchester. Uh, so that's what he asked Tesco, and this is what Tesco said back. Hi. We know that many of our customers will want to enjoy the sunny weather we have been experiencing by having socially distanced BBQs with their family and friends. We ask our customers to please use their disposable BBQs responsibly and to dispose of them properly. Um, and then he said, he said very kindly, he said patiently, thank you for your reply. He said, do you explain anywhere in store or on the packaging what using a disposable barbecue responsibly means in practice? To which, yeah. to which they said, We cannot foresee every circumstance in which our BBQ may be used. Boats, planes, beach, home, car, etc. The internet is full of guidance, and what may be responsible behaviour for one individual may not hold true for another. Planes? <laughs> planes? What? I feel like... Have we missed 17 <laughs> tweets in between this where like, they directly get asked about... What about using barbecues on planes? How do you get from, please explain how a disposable barbecue should be responsibly used to, well, we can't see, I mean, people might use them on planes or, you know, in a car. The car? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just like this incredible defensive. The internet is full of guidance. Uh, <laughs> it's just... Yes, so look. That, we haven't really got time to talk about that anymore. This is the same old usual sustainer babble of basically saying it's your problem, you deal with it, we make a thing, if you want to chuck it in the river, that's your problem. But also, I do, I love the idea that they've basically just gone, uh, well, I don't know, where might people use barbecues? Home, beach, boats? Yeah, people use them on boats. Planes? They'll use them in the planes. Cars? <laughs> I just, I, I don't mind sustainer babble. This podcast wouldn't exist without it. I just wish, I wish they'd put a bit of thought into it. That's all. <laughs> That's all I asked for. If you're going to bullshit us, put some thought into it. Inhoff of the week. So, Inhoff of the week. This is the section named after a senator in America, Jim Inhoff, who thinks that climate change isn't real because there's still snow. Uh, so we've named other people like him, other gits, other muppets, uh, and we look out for them and we put them in this section. Now, who is this week's git and muppet in chief? Dave. Well, all not exactly this week's because it's been going on for a while, this hoo-ha. But it's this bloke. Because while we will guarantee you every single fact in the movie is absolutely correct, the opinions in the film are ours. And we might be right and we might be wrong. Well, not just him, but him and some other people. So that is Michael Moore, Ol, uh, what you will probably know of, well, I'm sure you knew of uh, before the recent hoo-ha, who is a bloke, American, who makes these kind of very polemical lefty documentaries about like how bad Republicans are and stuff like that. Fahrenheit, what's it called? Fahrenheit 9-11, is that what it's called? Fahrenheit 9-11. He made a... First thing I saw of his was Bowling for Columbine. Oh, yes. Very powerful documentary yes, about the good. school shooting and Columbine. Um, 
yeah, like a bit of a, you know, one of those people you put in the box, okay, here's someone who tells it like it is and who's going to show me how, you know, mainstream reporting of stuff is nonsense and how politics is all screwed up. So he, together with a, a guy called Jeff Gibbs, has made a new film called Planet of the Humans, which is about, well, us, kind of. Not me and you. Well, kind of, yeah. So its basic argument runs that uh, climate change is bad, environmental stuff is really, really, really bad, but that what's happened is that all of the greenies have kind of fallen in love with all of these billionaires. And so what you've got is you've got loads of wind turbines that don't work and solar panels that don't really work and don't do anything, and loads of people making loads and loads of money. Everyone feels happy, and the whole thing is hypocritical, and we're all bastards, and uh, we are in hoffs, basically. That is the that is the extent of it. I, I have watched it. I hadn't watched it. I'd, like I'd, I'd read all the stuff about it. A, a friend of the babble, George Monbiot, go back and listen to episode 97 I'll, for our interview with George Monbiot, um, has properly taken against it. You know, there's loads and loads and loads of people who've... So is Mark Linus, my friend of the babble, Mark Linus, yeah. uh, wrote a good review of it, um, or, you know, slamming it. Slamming it and and uh, basically slamming it, saying, "What are you talking about? That's not renewable energy is much better than you're saying. You're using like ten year old statistics and ten year old things, and you're making all of these points. So you're picking the worst examples of the odd things that don't work or didn't work then, and you're smearing a whole industry with it. And that is definitely right. That's definitely right. But I did watch it. I thought I'd better watch this thing if we're going to talk about it. And it's an interesting thing. Oh." this documentary it is an interesting thing and i've got views on it Uh oh dave's got views can we have a new can we have a new stinger for that oh dave's got views <laughs> that's all right all right it's not going to be those sort of views right let me start <laughs> let me start by saying what? You can sod off. You've got views as well. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to let that go. <laughs> <laughs> You've always got views. You've got views and everything. Um, yeah, my view is quite not... Quite often my Daily view, Mail views as well. My view is not particularly controversial, right? But basically what this, what this film is doing, it's called Planet of the Humans. I would, to be honest, recommend that you have a look at it. And we got an email from a, a Babel listener, a guy called Great or Greet, I'm not sure, Hemerick, um, who said uh, he watched it, he or she watched it, and was very confused afterwards, to be honest. Green energy is supposed to be good for the planet, and it still is, right? So what are your views on the documentary? I thought, well, I'll have a look. Um, and I defer to... Friend of the Babbles, George Monbiot and Mark Linus and all of the other people who've basically said the stuff you're talking about specifically with how renewable energy doesn't work in here is bollocks. Another good thing. Although the efficiency of these panels is only about just under 8%. If you happen to be NASA and you happen to own a rover running around Mars, they have very efficient panels. But we can't afford those at about a million dollars a square inch. Do you mind me asking why? I'll tell you why, because it's balls, that's why. It's complete balls. Like, let's be really clear about something. Green energy is a hell of a lot better than it used to be, and it's getting so much better all the time and so much cheaper, and it's a downright nasty trick to use kind of 10, 12-year-old statistics and you know examples of the pioneer stuff and make it seem like that's what it's like now. It is so much better, and give it another five or 10 years, um, thanks in part, let's be honest, to the money of massive capitalists, and who knows where we'll be at. And you've got to start small, and I don't think that's fair at all. But the essential argument that the film is making is one that I do think we need to have a bit of a look at, look at particularly because 
this here podcast kind of agrees with a lot of it. Which is, what? yeah, well, this here podcast exists. It's, it came into being because we wanted to sort of say, look at all these people who are talking about green and how great it is to do green stuff whilst actually just making a fat pile of cash out of it and not really doing anything, right? And I do think that the film does quite a decent job of at least making you think about, uh, hang on a minute, is the stuff we are doing actually really changing the stuff that really matters, right? Is it is it possible for billionaires to make vast amounts of money out of renewable energy um, whilst all, whilst and therefore having loads and loads of economic growth? Is that actually doing it? There's all sorts of problems with this film. I, I don't want to be misrepresented, right? I want to say very clearly, I don't think this film does is fair and does a very good job. And you get a sense of what it might be like to be on the end of a polemic if you are like an oil company. When you know, it's, it's quite rare that polemics are directed at greenies. And you, what what you instinctively end up doing, and you can see this in some of the reactions, is you end up reacting really strongly to it, being really, really defensive, and all of the things that are wrong with it, kind of going, look. You know, here are all the things that are wrong with it. You're talking bollocks. And there's loads of stuff wrong with it. Definitely, absolutely, right? But it is definitely the case at the same time that there is a lot of sustainable around. And as George Monbiot says, you know, there is a very real story to be told about um, the fact that, for example, loads of large conservation organisations take money from fossil fuel companies. It's really unfair right. that right. they they, yeah. they they have a real go at Bill McKibben in this, uh, who's a hero as far as I'm concerned. They have a real go at him and, and they pick on some... They, they don't have the guts to pick on Greta Thunberg, but I'm sure they would if they could, right? So they're being, they're being real gits when they do that sort of thing but it is also true there is a truth to the fact right that we have to do so much more than just think uh putting a few solar panels everywhere is going to do the job and there's a real sort of bleakness to the film which is i didn't expect the thing i really didn't expect from it is this real kind of almost like a sort of uh we are all totally screwed bleakness i didn't expect that what i thought it was going to be was a kind of um just having a go at everyone just saying oh you're troughing you're troughing you're taking money and it does do that but it also kind of concludes by going the problem is we as humans have not accepted the fact that we're going to die and we don't live in a way that sort of ex- that builds societies around a totally new way of living, a sort of not trying to see ourselves as immortal, as able to continually grow, as able to continually kind of expand, but living in a different, more humble sort of way. And there's something in that. I think it's kind of a shame, actually, because I'd love to see a film that, that, that someone like Michael Moore with his energy and his enthusiasm was using that just looked at that without feeling mm. like it had to kind of accuse everyone of being troughing capitalists but i don't know i was it wasn't i was sort of pleasantly surprised by it it just ended up not quite that that message has got lost somewhere by the fact that it put loads of stuff in that it seems to be easy for people to have a pop at things that went well and things that could have gone better Right, um, th- things that went well and things that could have gone better. The section named after every internal 360-degree feedback review in a bureaucratic NGO ever. Mm-hmm. Um, we banged on in a previous episode. Which number was it? Was it the last one? No, Can't one remember. before no, last. 174. 
174 about how great it is that they are building new cycle lanes in that stinky London, specifically on London Bridge. I say we, Dave. Dave banged on about it. Dave went down to London Bridge and said, look, they're building new cycle lanes, which was all fine and dandy until someone wrote in and said, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah, Alex Ingram, friend of the babble, wrote in and said, glad you talked about the street space programme in London, but a bit of a fact check, London Bridge hasn't really been touched yet. The roadworks are there for bridge repairs. Um, and he goes on to say, uh, you know, there is loads of stuff happening, but what you were specifically looking at wasn't yet it. Um, so I was, I, I was kind of right in generality, but wrong in the specifics, which is often the way. Okay. So it's an example of our of our fearless investigative journalism that you uh, you got quite close to some burly men digging on the road, and instead of saying, "Hi, burly man, what what are you doing?" you just thought, "Ah, oh, they're probably doing cycle cycle lanes." Uh, we'll say it's cycle lanes. Yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, basically right. They are putting cycle lanes everywhere. Um, it's just that that's specifically what I was looking at. <laughs> Fine. Good. Happy to correct the record, particularly when um, it's more Dave's fault than mine. Although, in fairness, he was the one who got off his ass to go and have a look. Um, and yeah, thanks for writing in. And thanks for being kind and not calling us a bunch of inhoffs. Right, that's 176 episodes in the can. Thank you very much, Dave, for um, immersing yourselves in infant poo and wee. Uh, Hopefully you'll never have to do that again. Uh, Thank you very much, uh, as ever, to Dickie Moore for the music that begins and ends and intertwinkles this podcast. Thank you to Arthur Stovall for designing our logo that you can see on our website and on our merch, including our T-shirts, which you can still buy from our website, which is www.com. Yes. sustainababble.fish yes and we do uh, survive thanks to the donations of wonderful Babble listeners so if you want to chuck in the price of a pint every now and then to help us then you can do that we are on Patreon at wobblywobblywobbly.patreon.com slash sustainababble thank you to everyone who does that please do consider it it would make a big difference and if you can't do that give us a review on your podcast medium of choice and do spread the word and tell your mates and do be like our wonderful listener uh, Howard Anthony Smith who is single-handedly going out and securing us interviews with very exciting people this is like this is very exciting Howard just let it be known that while we were recording this episode something exciting happened uh, entirely because of you so thank you Good. Uh, just one more thing I wanted to do. I was just give a shout out to Babble listener Chris, who has done a splendid rap. Uh, he's has a he? doctor. He's done. He's a doctor in the NHS, and he's done a rap um, which is all about not just the state of the NHS at the moment, but also the bigger problems of climate change and stuff. It's really, really good. I'll put a little bit of it at the end, and we'll put a link in the show notes. Thanks for sending that over, Chris. Okay, look forward to that. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to hello at sustainababble.fish. <laughs> oh, I think I dear. inhaled a bit of nappy there. Uh, if you <laughs> want to tweet us, you can do so at the Babble Wagon or just search Facebook for Sustainable. That really right. is it. Very good, Oh, Thank you for... Um, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned it all the time you made me get up in the morning to do this. Um, but yes, thank you for making me get up very, very early to do this episode. I've enjoyed Stop it. Stop wasting the day. Stop wasting the day. Get, get out and do something in your lockdown. Quite right. All right, I shall see you next week. Oh, bye. Okay, bye.
rogue of being on. If we don't, it's all over. Propose a new start and overthrow folks who don't know the globe's hotter. And boldly go at the unknown. We've grown farther from home, yes, we oughter. We go home nightly, console our own daughters who know the score better than most who are older. The coal, oil, and gas that we know is as old hat as those old school rotary phone controls. You so know.